Hey, I'm Ted Scoven. <laughs> this is Wacy Anderson. Welcome to episode number 46, Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. <laughs> it's Monday. Flew home from Brandon today, and I forgot to uh, record the first time around. Take two on episode 46. This is, this is take two, so here we are. Uh, we were off to a banger of a start, too. Mm-hmm. Wacy was talking about the tune we played, and then he was like saying it was... Remind me of pornos. Porno, 1970s porno music. <laughs> And then uh, it's true. And then he <laughs> he wanted to start a new podcast called Everything Cowboy After, after dark. dark or Cowboy Shit After Dark. Cowboy Shit After Dark. But like we still can't do that because any of the stories we tell would probably get people arrested or fired or break get up. Get myself in trouble. Or, you know, just we can't do that kind of thing. So, so uh, here we are. <laughs> Episode. This is <laughs> regular f- cowboy shit. <laughs> yeah, regular cowboy shit. <laughs> and you know, we got a little bit offside. Not all the way, but we like to. We're still on mess around and. But we're almost have a good time. Yeah. If we went to review, we would still be onside. Yeah, like we wouldn't get called back for no, 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 no. roughing the passer or anything like mm-mm, that. It'd be. I also, I almost got I almost had to rough the passer this weekend. And, oh uh, yeah, tell I want to hear more about this story. Yeah. So Saturday, Perf and Verdon, uh, Doug was looking for like Doug Young, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, proud new owner of a Cowboy Shit T-shirt from after Verdon this weekend. So got him hooked up. But uh, but Doug Doug was sitting there. He brought his ear, in-ear monitor, right? IEM. So go to get it hooked up the one night, and then but they run out of uh, out of it inputs in the mixer or outputs in the mixer for an aux. Mm-hmm. So I only had two. So I I just moved one because I didn't think it was a big deal, and it was slack. So I was like, oh, I'll just move it for slack, whatever. It would be fine. Then we come back for the perf time, and and the guy the guys from the broadcast, like from the TV truck, come out, and they're like, something's not working. And I didn't think about it for quite a while, and I just kind of sat there. And then he pulls out the ears, and I'm like, oh, crap, we need those for tonight. And then the guy, like, flips a lid on me and is like, if you touch this mixer again, this is for broadcast use only. Sidebar, it's the rodeo committee's mixer. It's not for TV at all. They just use it because it was there. If you touch this mixer again, I'll have you escorted out of the building. And I just looked at him, I'm like, you kidding me? Like, well, we still need the ears, so let's figure <laughs> this out. Yeah. But then he just, like, was freaking out at me, and I, like, started getting fired up and started cracking my knuckles and kind of, like, it's gonna be go time here and like mm-hmm. doug was sitting beside me he was watching the whole thing go down and the guy pipes up he's like think you can fucking fix it cowboy and i just pulled the one cord out and put it back in i'm like there you go bud fuck here you go <laughs> bye it's fixed now and then he was talking back on the radio to the guys i'm like okay you can leave now and then that was that but doug was like i thought you're gonna fucking stroke him <laughs> he thought i was gonna stand up and just freaking throttle the guy and i was like pretty fired up for quite a while when he's yeah. being condescending like that that's the worst when people think like you that. can fix it cowboy yeah. Well, I did. You know so. what I can? Take bitch. It, take it out, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my announcer stand. Bitch. Yeah, get out of my face. And then the next night he came back again and uh, was like inspecting it, but like he didn't know what the fuck was going on. No. He was looking at it like it was a human brain. He was going to try and operate on it. And he was like moving shit around. And Sam, Sam Winslow was biased too. Yeah. Copper top timing. She, she was like, "Don't touch that. Don't like." She was telling him what to do and like telling him to not mess around with it and. He didn't have a clue what was going on. No. And then I fixed it for him, and he just was baffled that some fucking retard cowboy could fix it. And I'm like, actually, I know what I'm doing here. I'm not a retard. And little do you know, bud, you're never going to work this rodeo again. So <laughs> that little freak out just cost you guys yeah. and your company. You can tell that to your boss later. Bye-bye. So send him contact for the new screen provider. Oh, and, we know uh, some people who do that. We know some folks. So, uh, and they're a lot easier to work with. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, there you go. That was uh, that was the little tussle on things getting a little heated. Saturday and night, heated and verdant. Yeah, Manitoba. Nice. I so, I love that rodeo. It was a great rodeo. Another great event there, and got to stay with the Byrne family again. Nice. And uh, 
hang out with Doug all weekend. It was great. Did you go time. swimming? No, I didn't go swimming. It's a sweet place. Colleen had a story about swimming and how there was this Aussie guy that had like an affected leg in the hot tub. Oh. And he was like in the hot tub and like oh. there was like pus coming out of it. And it was just, she just told this at supper. Yeah. <laughs> and she said she was in the hot tub and this guy pulls his leg out and she was like out of the hot tub in like half a second. And then she told me that because I was going to go the next day because we had all day Sunday to hang out. <laughs> and I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going in the hot tub again after that. Yeah, isn't that disgusting? About to puke, man. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) So that turned me off of hot tubs for the rest of my days, probably. Damn Aussies! Oh, yeah. So uh, didn't go in the hot tub, but had a good weekend out there. Flew back today, and then gotta say, Rump Chat. If you guys haven't been listening to the podcast, Justin Rumford, PRCA entertainer, one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very. I was very entertained today on the way on the way home. It was an hour long show. They talked to uh, it was it was Justin Rumford and it was uh, Josh Hilton. They call him Hambone, one of the top music directors in the whole country. And they talked to Boyd Paul Hamus and Boyd talked about actually having already hired uh, Randy Kateri and Aaron Ferguson to help with different things at the NFR. Oh, sweet! They're gonna put different video elements into the NFR into the show and kind of change up the show, which has been modernized it a bit. Yeah, it's been the same mm-hmm. since I don't ever. know ever. Yeah. Like I went there first in two thousand four, and it was it's the same now. Or it's it was the same. You know, the last few years as it was in 04, so it's at least 15 years. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like before that, but I mean, it hasn't changed very much. No. Even in the eight or, or seven or eight years I've been, I've, I've been going to it. Mm-hmm. So I was super That's thrilled awesome. to hear that. And great to hear Randy, because could you imagine what Randy's going to build going to NFR? Oh, he's so creative. And like having this yeah. much time ahead and like know what he's going to do. I'm, I'm excited about that. It's going to be great, man. Great. Yeah. It's like, like I said, it's really going to modernize the show. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to put a few pieces in there. Like, 10 to 12 seconds, like really short pieces with the different things. And somebody talking about this horse they might have got on before or talk about the, you know, their horse that they rode to get there. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really awesome to see. Add a whole As element. a fan of the sport, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of that. It's nice to see like stuff like that come into it because it's like, yeah, it's adding, yeah, adding another element for fans yeah. to like see behind the scenes of it. Oh, yeah. Especially the way that Randy does this stuff. It's really like visually appealing. Oh, absolutely. It's going to yeah. be, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. And for and like Ferg knows what he's doing too. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, exactly. With BFO, they've done incredible things that way. So, mm-hmm. so uh, and in, so I got a message la- while I was in Verdon actually from uh, from Graham Stewart, and he said he totally disagreed with my thoughts on Slack and how they sh- how what we we talked about like cutting 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 down the like the cutting big rodeos to kind of like yeah. So he said he didn't agree, but but we got it was more so like a a thing where. I think he he thought we were wanting to cut slack from anywhere everywhere, but I like just to clarify, I don't think there should be slack at any big rodeo. No. I think if we're gonna have a tour of the top rodeos, if it's thirty no 30 events, it's no slack. It's just the top thirty guys. Or the top it doesn't 50 add or, add value to a big event like that. No, that and that was our point. But we, we might have painted it with too wide of a brush. Where yeah, yeah. Verdon still needs slack. We don't want to have five hour. Purse. No, no, no. The the uh, you know everywhere but there probably needs slack. Yeah, like everywhere you, like, at the top events. Yeah, you're t- still need that's the slack. that's that's where you'd be like the big rodeos. Like it's capped. You have your best yeah, in the world. Exactly. Like you don't need a slack. Nobody's gonna come watch your slack at a big rodeo. No, I mean you're gonna get a few people that are there anyways, but it's not grandmas like and cousins and But but he but he does make a good point where there's a lot more money in the pot when you do have slack at those big For rodeos. Sure. But I mean, I think it but would those help. big rodeos are so they're, they're all sponsor driven. So that's where the money uh, comes. A from. lot of it, I would think, right? But then the American is mostly a, big, a jackpot. But I mean, but your slack is your events going into it. 
Yeah, they don't have it at the at the show. No, they still have a really big perf there. Like it's yeah. a huge rodeo, but I mean, you don't you're not gonna have a slack there though. No, exactly. No, and like if you, and like you can use that, going in, you can use like that same said. format feeding into like any other Cheyenne big rodeo or the yeah, big rodeos. Exactly, and and that and those other the other slacks are the smaller rodeos. Mm-hmm. No offense exactly, to the smaller yeah. rodeos, but the smaller rodeos are how you get to the big rodeos. That's how it should be. It's a tiered system. Anything you do, you shouldn't have be able to work your way up the yeah, ladder. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to enter the biggest rodeos in the country. No, I so, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. So that was. To Graham, we're not cutting slack from everywhere, man. We're just cutting that. We're just cutting that slack at the big rodeos, okay? Yeah. Let's just get start, start at the better. top, filter down, have a big tour. Mm-hmm. We can go from there. So I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just to clarify. We don't want to, like, we're not trying to we, do uh, that. It's good to get the, the feedback like that. So if yeah, so what we say, like, tell Friend us. Friend of the show, Graham Stewart, he gave me some feedback, and I'm just saying, let's have, like, if he wants to have a little chat about, it, let's talk. Let's like do a full. Want to fight about it? We'll fight. We'll have a we'll have a pod fight. Ted's already, Ted's already a fight all the time. I don't want. <laughs> um, I almost fought on the weekend, but that was a different story. But so another thing, another more user feedback. Canadian all around champion Luke Butterfield mentioned mm-hmm. to me that don't you have to be at both ends in Canada win the all around title? And I was like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. So Lakota Bird actually couldn't have been the all around champion in High River. Because she's only going to be a high point. She'd be a high point champion. Mm-hmm. So then, how, but how would you include, if you wanted to include women to that, would you make you an exception? You can't make them all You around. can't make it? No? no? I don't think so. Not in Canada. Because we have we have what I think is still the, the true, true all around. around. Yeah, for sure. With both ends. So yeah. unless a lady wants to enter the bull riding or bronc riding, Kyla Muscle enters the barrel racing and bronc riding, boom, mm-hmm. all around. That's fair. No, that's a fair point. Want. Fair point. So yeah, Luke Butterfield, thanks for the feedback there. You're right. She would have been the high point champion. Yeah. And it was sort of, sort of an unofficial... Uh, title title anyways yeah. but still so nothing against lakota but we kind of got to take it back a little bit it's high point that's rules are rules man rules are rules so thanks for clarifying luke that was uh some great feedback too i like it yeah so we are gonna go to our interview this week and it is about to begin so we're just gonna uh <laughs> throw uh another tune on here i've got one for you <laughs> What? Some more, some more seventies porno music? No, it's not. It's uh, it's a it's a theme song for our friend, Mister. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say who it is because you're about to. From the sun. Gonna figure it out. <laughs> but this tune will tell you who it is. Be back after this. She walks into Smokies one hip at a time, like a broken field runner slipping through the line. He likes the way she looks, so he calls a little wife. Says, "Don't wait up for me. I'll be working late tonight." Wife hangs up the phone, bursts into tears, calls her sister up and cries, get over here. Sister tells her boyfriend... This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, and we have our guest this afternoon. He's a teamster, he's a rancher, two-time CFL, CFR qualifier in the Bulldoggin'. He also made his debut this year at the Calgary Stampede, won two go-rounds. His first one, he won the round. Second day out, won another round. Split one of them. I don't remember which one it was now, but who cares? He's from Pinocchio, Alberta. It's Craig Weisgerber. How are you, man? Hey, man. I've been good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing good. We just cracked a cold one. You know, we... uh, It's the afternoon. It's Wednesday, about 2 p.m., and, uh, you know, been working. I got up this morning at, like, 3.30 a.m., so, like, I put in a full day already, so I figured (laughs) it's it's pretty much five, so I can drink a beer. (laughs) <laughs> perfect maybe yeah. i'll crack one too yeah if you want Might as we'll get in the mood if we're having a bullshit <laughs> yeah that's kind of that's what we do with the podcast so yeah do we do you want us to take a pause here and have a little sip while you get one or what do you think <laughs> no i got one i just reached in my fridge i got oh. a nice cold pbr right here <laughs> jackpot well man thanks for taking the time to do this craig i know like 
I don't, I'm not even remember where we met now, but I think it would have to be back like probably 2006, maybe, or maybe even earlier when I was, when I was in, like when we were at the, at the high school rodeos at the same time, cause you're a year or two older than I am, right? Yeah. I graduated in 06. I think we had a couple years of high school rodeo for sure. Yeah. Cause I would, you, I graduated in 08. So that first year would have been when we were really in the, at, at those at the same time. Cause growing up, you were in Pinoca. I was in Drayton Valley. We were about hour and a half, two hours away. So in the same district and whatnot, that was a that was a pretty cool group of kids we were with. Hey, like how many people now are Canadian champions or they're still in the business? It's it's a pretty impressive amount, isn't it? It it is. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I never I never really thought about that before. But you know, there's lots of guys that are still going from our little group. That you know, it's kind of nice to even when you go to rodeos and you see guys that haven't haven't kept going. And, you know, they still remember your face and everything, and everybody's still a pretty tight-knit group of people, you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to think about that. I never, ever considered that. Well, if you, like, I'm just, I just got thinking about it a little while ago back at Calgary that day. But, like, Jake Steemel's a little younger than us, but he's kind of in that crew. Then you got Jake, like, you got Vold Balls, Jake Vold. He was in there. Luke Creasy. Um, who else? Like, yourself. And then Brett Buss, he's been there Tyrell. Yeah, you see Brett Bush, Brock Butterfield, Chance Butterfield. Yeah. Um yeah, a few bulldogs from around town and yeah, Kenda, there you go, Chance's wife. Yeah. She's still barrel racing the barrels when she's not taking care of that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But, it's a pretty cool crew. Pretty pretty cool crew for that many people to still be involved. I th- I think I I thought it was pretty neat for that whole district to everybody. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny to look now when we first started going, man, when we were bulldogging in those days, there was 28 to 30 kids entered in the steer wrestling. There was a yeah. whole whack of us. And what's it and, like now? Uh, what's it like now, man? The, what I've been hearing, there's maybe 10 kids, 12 kids or something like that in the district. So, oh, wow. you know, they're still coming up, but there's definitely was an influx right there. Huh. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to where where you began in the sport. I want to know your your start, your story, Craig. I don't know it. Oh man, um, <laughs> geez, that's going back quite a few years ago. It was probably the fall of two thousand five. I was hanging out at the high school, and I honestly, growing up, I played a little bit of hockey and mucked around with that, and worked on the farm with my dad and the cows. I never really had an interest in rodeoing. My brother team roped a little bit, and I was a fan, and I thought it was cool. And, uh, yeah, I never thought I'd be a competitor to tell you the truth. And one day I was hanging out in high school with chance Butterfield and I was team roping a little bit and, you know, it was, it was all right, but it just wasn't something I really had a passion for. And he suggested, he said, you know what, man, you're a pretty big dude. Maybe you should come and try and <laughs> tunk some of these steers over, you know, typical frame for one. Right. <laughs> so I thought I'd go and try it out and man, um, yeah, from the first steer, I tried to tip over, which, trust me, it wasn't pretty. It never is, but something about it just hooked me right there, and I thought this is something that I really want to stick with. And, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of people there around just this Pinocchio area, you know, um, the late Bud Butterfield. I'm going to credit him with the first guy that ever kind of showed me the ropes or laughed at me in the practice pen or helped me out in the practice pen. He was there from day one, and... You know, I'm always going to remember that because, you know, that guy was such a legend that, you know, he passed something on down to me that I took it and run with. So 
that was pretty cool. That was, yeah, the fall of 05, and I jumped my first year at the Pinoca High School Rodeo. And, yeah, it took me quite a while to learn even what I was doing. But, you know, a lot of guys stuck with me. And from the Butterfield clan, I moved on to uh, Wally and Trigby Pew. A couple of years later, um, me and an old traveling partner, LaRue Olson, actually, uh, we picked up a few steers one day and we were going over to this place east of town to Bulldog. And we didn't, I didn't know Trigger at the time. And he just happened to be there and seen we had these, oh, they were horrible looking steers. Like that, we couldn't throw these things down. We were just kids, right? And uh, yeah, he told us one day, he said, you guys come practice anytime you want. We're going Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I haven't looked back since those days. And those guys gave me unlimited horses to ride, unlimited steers to run. Um, anytime we needed to go rodeo and they were always there for me. So, you know, just the, community around here between the butterfields and the pews and everything that really got a guy going and 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 keep you going too oh absolutely man they're still there you know it's they they're they're on the train with me you know they're uh yeah it's kind of cool that we're all still doing this was it 15 years later that's half my life i'm 30 yeah yeah and would have just turned 30 yeah exactly so you know it's uh yeah, it's quite a ride. It's been, man, lots of highs and lots of lows. It's, yeah, that's how I kind of got started, though. Well, and it's been, the last year was your second CFR, and that was in Red Deer. But it, mm-hmm. it was a it was a long road to get there, and you tried for a lot of years. A lot of people would have given up. Oh, yeah, man. Well, that was always the end goal was, you know, the the biggest thing I could ever even think of when I started this, man. Like, to be completely honest with you, I was... It was hard going right off the bat. I wasn't very good. I like um, I said I didn't really have an interest in rodeo and stuff. It was, I just kind of was starting to learn how to ride a horse when I started bulldogging. Um, so trying to get that all, doing the horsemanship and the steer wrestling, it was quite a battle for quite a while, man. You take quite a bit of wrecks and all that stuff, and a little bit of bloodshed and a little bit of tears shed and sweat and all that, and. Yeah, you got to have it in your heart if you're going to make it in this event because there's lots of stuff that try to tell you not to. <laughs> well, and so then, you just got to battle through. And guys, a lot of guys go broke trying to do it too. Like it costs a lot of money to have a team of horses going down the road or even to pay mount money to guys to go and work these events and, and get to them all. Like it, it's not a not a cheap pursuit. No, and you know, that's that's something that I think even – I'm going to call common fans and people that are outside of this don't understand, you know, um, there's a lot of money that the Cowboys and contestants are putting into this thing that, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that there's a lot of cost involved and hidden costs that people don't know about, about how much fuel it takes to get to the road and how much fees are everywhere. And, feed and your rigs and your tires and your oil changes and all that stuff it really adds up so it's really nice to have a crew of guys when you can split the costs up four ways you know that's the only way you're gonna it's the only way you can get her done i don't think rodeo and by yourself without a bankroll ain't gonna cut her no more no not at all and and who who are you going down the road with right now too i'm curious about that um right now i'm still with bo anderson and coleman cohurst um straws and cam went working so they took a bit of time off for the rodeo trail to go and pursue some other goals so 
yeah, it's just been me and Bo and Coleman for now. And anybody else that wants to hop in, you know, it's, everybody likes hopping in with the Bulldoggers when you're going to a rodeo. <laughs> just depends on the day and what's going on early, too. It, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it could be anybody else in there, too. I knew, I always knew I had good backup when I was hanging out with James McRae and, and that crew when we were on the road <laughs> when I was a kid. That's a rough bunch, you bet. I was the smallest guy, but I had the biggest friends. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a good strategy for the rough stock guys to make friends with the bulldoggers just in case yeah. shit goes sideways at a rodeo dance. Get your rope, get your rope pulled tight too, in the, in the bucket <laughs> yeah. shoot. Like you guys are, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah you guys are the good, the good guys to have around. We appreciate it. Oh man, I love coming back there and pulling ropes and stuff with the bull riders. That's a good time. You know, those guys really appreciate it too. Oh yeah, one, well, and I got to tell you too that I I was hanging out with Glenn Allen and James and those guys in Denver around Drayton when I was like kind of like the winter when I was turning 18 and they were trying to get, mm-hmm. they were trying to get me like to kind of <laughs> do a little bit of it. So I was like going to the, the practice pen and working on the ground a little bit and, you know, kind of wrestling some down on the ground and whatnot. And I'm tiny. Like I might've weighed 120 pounds then, but Glenn Allen's a small guy too. And he's done, he's done well too. Right. Like it's, it's not all about being the biggest guy. Like the biggest guys win the most obviously, but, but still like a smaller guy, if he has the right technique can, can still do well. Yeah, that's for sure. When you're a small guy in the bulldog and there's there's certain shortcuts you can take when you're 40 or 50 pounds heavier than those guys. But, uh, you know, you look at guys like Dylan Allen, technique is a big part of their game. And, you know, there's lots of guys like that. Um, to think about a young guy coming up, Ryan Shuckberg, that kid is same build as Glenn Allen. He's He's a big, tall kid and he's solid, don't get me wrong, but he's just needs a little more pounds but that kid's the most technically sound i've seen in a long time and that's and that's from being so small but he's uh that kid's going to be something when he gets it figured out here he's bulldogging real good i i want to go back to uh to your nick to one of your nicknames here that we that it became it was from straws and that crew and somewhere along the along the, the line they thought they thought i should play third rock from the sun as your like as your song or maybe you told me to do that i forget now but then you went and won Airdrie like one of the first times I used it for you. It was it was like one of the funnest things ever on my end just for, you know, being involved still in that way of things. But like, <laughs> tell us about the whole Third Rock from the Sun uh, era. Oh, man, it's uh, that's kind of funny. It's a nickname um, they call me Third. And it's a nickname, Third Rock from the Sun comes from a local guy, Bobby Pugh. And he come up with that name and not really sure where it come from but it makes us laugh every time we hear it so once that we started hearing that song and if you throw third and turd and flip that around it's yeah it's kind of like a theme song i guess <laughs> uh, i've noticed when you play it anyway because everybody gets a good chuckle right before i nod my head <laughs> i hope it doesn't mess with you that's what i was i was saying on twitter yeah, the other no, day i hope it doesn't mess with you <laughs> no it doesn't mess with me don't worry man if if that messes with me, I got bigger problems. Oh yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm I'm glad I can give those guys a little uh, a little laugh once in a while. That's we're only here oh, yeah. having fun anyways. So <laughs> that's all we're doing is having fun out there. Oh yeah. So I want to I want to talk about uh, we kind of uh, we'll get back to Calgary in a while, but I want to talk about your work on the on the movie business. I'm really intrigued by all that, and I just want to know what like a day is like there, or, like what the you know what the some fun stories from the from the movie side of things. I, I remember hearing about. Dustin Thompson one time doing something and running like a snowmobile into something. And then they, so the director said he was fired and he went into the 
the shack or something and changed into a different outfit and came back or something like it was there's some really fun stories around that i want to kind of get into the movie business a bit yeah man and it's actually that's been quite uh quite the journey itself you know i uh it was a few years ago when they were uh filming the movie the revenant down around calgary and uh, i just knew a few guys because most of the teamsters are old cowboys and western lifestyle kind of people so you kind of know who's there and they uh needed a few guys to come work and just got into it and you got to get so many days to join the union and stuff and it's pretty interesting you never really know what's going to happen in your day but it's lots of long hours and you just cart people around and you cart their equipment around and yeah man you get to go to some interesting beautiful places all over alberta and uh they feed you lunch and they feed you snacks all day long you never go hungry on the movies which is pretty sweet but uh yeah some of my favorite my favorite jobs are the ones when you get to go skidooing in the mountains and stuff like that um lots of work out there in fortress you had to go back to that story about corky yeah he was goofing off with one of the side by sides one day and he was just pinning around and spinning a donut in the snow and he, he couldn't hear over the radio everybody the guy was yelling at him on the radio and i don't know if he had his turned off but he came back and he parks this machine and he's strutting off and like everybody on set is staring at him and he's just laughing goofy <laughs> old corky right like he has no idea and this guy's on the radio like get him out of here and i just told him, like corky man you're getting in shit and he's just oh well, i don't know what to do i said go change your coat <laughs> i said i bet they won't even realize it now yeah, he had a red coat on and he went and changed into a green one and kept working and got his paycheck for the day so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was quite a while ago. That was funny. That was one of my probably one of the first stories I ever got out of the movies that was funny like that. Well, and and was that was that on the Revenant or was that somewhere else? No, that was during the Revenant. Yeah. Oh, geez. <clears throat> yeah, I think the guys. That was a long. That was a long, long day. Long days on that show. They they sure. Uh, you were putting in. Oh, I don't know, eighteen hour days on some of it just so they could get their shots. And, Dang. Yeah, that movie is long hours, and you're, it's a really good gig because you uh, get a job any day that you need. And yeah, it's good pay. It's quite the quite the deal. What did you think of watching that show when it came out? Um, it is. I thought it was awesome. You know, um, there was some the scenery and all that stuff. The the storyline and everything. It, it. I thought it was good, but I thought the biggest part of that thing was. Uh, was all the scenery and the way they took the shots and all the camera work. Like um, when you're driving the camera people around, it's interesting. You ask them little questions about what they're doing with this and what's this angle, what's this lens, what's all this. And they just tell you, well, once you see it on the movie, it'll make a lot more sense. So having a little bit of background information like that, it's, and then to see it, it's kind of cool that you figure out what they're doing. It's actually pretty intense. Oh, I bet, man. I bet their gear is not cheap either. That's why they got a whole crew like you guys to drive them around and get them everywhere they need to go safely because they've got millions and millions of dollars worth of stuff. And every day they're out there with paying everybody, like it, they got to get the shit done right. Oh, absolutely, man. And Teamsters do it right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk, uh, I want to ask you about, uh, um, oh, crap. Where was I going with this? 
I'm drawing a real blank Calgary? right now. No, Calgary. Calgary. I want to talk movies still, though. Oh. Uh, oh, somebody somebody told me, Craig, that you drove around DiCaprio. Is that right? Like, you were his, like, sh- personal chauffeur at some points? Is that right? I, yeah, I drove him around in a side-by-side for a couple days. He was, uh, it was actually a pretty intense interaction. He was, uh, <laughs> it was the scene where he was getting mauled by the bear, right? Oh. And he's got, like, bloody bandages and all this it's he's just ripped up and he looks like death right and he's he's he was very much playing that part still so when you're driving him around he was just acting like he got attacked by this bear really so it wasn't like there was a lot of conversation and tell you i was pretty nervous when he hopped in there because i was like oh man it's your second day don't mess this up (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh Oh, man well and and you're it's your second day and you've got like dicaprio who's the what is he like the global warning kind of guy too and you you don't know if you really agree with him but you have to be nice to him (laughs) he's a big deal too he's a big deal he's one of the biggest stars in the world i guess and you got to drive him around you kind of want to be like hey can i have your autograph but you kind of like don't want to be a goofball either so Oh yeah, they they got security guys there, and they give you the rundown. You know, don't yeah. talk less spoken to and stuff like that. But oh, really? You know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's still a job, right? So if you look at it from that respect, it shouldn't be as hard as as it is. But you know, for never being around somebody like that, you don't know how to act. Like you don't know how they're going to react. So it's it's yeah, that was an interesting time because there's a lot of I want to say famous celebrities around and. You know, you don't want to mess anything up or get in trouble, right? Yeah, but that, but then again, they're just normal folks too. When it really comes down to it, there's probably a lot of cool folks you met there that, like, you might not get to see them much. I guess again, most of you, your crew, but they're all normal folks, really. Oh yeah, for sure, and that's the way I always look at it, man. Like, it's yeah, they're pe- they're people just like anybody else. You know, if you just treat them with respect, and that's pretty much the deal. If everybody respects each other, it all goes over kosher. Well, part part of that thing too, though, with that with that movie for him was there's, I don't know the wording for it, but there was some sort of acting he was doing there, method, or, method acting, where yeah, he was like in the in the character the entire, character the whole time, yeah, you, the whole time, yeah, the whole throughout the whole filming and like yeah, in and for out of sure. It. So he went full Dale Brisby, like he fully changed his personality, and like he is the bear man, like the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime you see, yeah, it was yeah. It was some of the most incredible focus you've ever seen, honestly. Dang. Um, to just yeah, the look in his the look on his face and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, yeah, it's different. I you don't you don't expect that, right? You just I've just been a guy that buys DVDs and you watch the movie and you're good movie, bad movie, right? But yeah, when but you're working behind the scenes and you see some of the stuff going on, it's yeah, it it really it changes the way you watch movies. Yeah. Because you're looking for things like ooh, there's a picture car guy there and there's there's a background guy there, you know, and you just look for all that kind of stuff. So where's the next? Or sorry, go ahead. Go, go on, man. I'm wondering, like, where the what what you guys are working on right now on the movie side of things, or what's coming up, or do you get like what's the next level for you in the movie side of business? Like, do you end up owning more gear, or or get to like, um, is that something you want to do, or you want to keep ranching, or like, what's it look like? Oh yeah, I'll I'll be ranching forever. That's that's just a given. Um, as far as the team steering goes, you know, I just, yeah, get a job and do some driving. You know, I don't really have any long-term goals other than just getting some days and getting some paychecks. You know, it's, 
one of those things on the seniority list. So, you know, as you work your way up the seniority list, you might have a few more opportunities and stuff. But for now, I'm just happy with picking away at day calls and, you know, just getting some driving gigs. That's that's about all I'm worried about there. Yeah, fair enough. So I guess with us Cowboys, with as many road miles as we have, like the Teamster thing's kind of a natural fit too, isn't it? Oh, it is for sure. You know, yeah, you're moving you're moving equipment, you're backing up trailers and yeah, it's 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 kind of like rodeo and you pack up, you unpack, you get out of there in a day, you know, it's yeah, yeah it's a lot like rodeo and huh. you get some late night drives, you get some all that kind of stuff. It's well, theoretically the same thing, but it pays a little better. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably some all night stuff too where you got to film a scene in the dark or something like that, like there's you don't have to pick your hours very much. You just work on when they say they got to get stuff done. Yep, pretty much. You know, if they yeah, if there's a will, there's a way. That's what I've learned about the Teamsters is you uh when you're working, you you don't know you don't know when you're going to get off. You don't know when you're going to start till the end of the day and you know, it's yeah, it it can be hectic and it can be easy as pie, you know. You never really know what you're getting up to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the rodeo side of things though. I want to I want to talk about some highlights so far and some you know fun stories from from the travels and whatnot and like it's a, there's never a dull moment hanging out with 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 the crew right with, with, whether it's the Milans or or it's the Pews or Butterfields like the, there's so many fun fun things that happen on the way but like let's talk about some of the biggest moments in, of your career and some of those you know some of those funnest travel stories if it's going to the go karts in BC or what it might be <laughs> well man i'm gonna um i don't know where to start there's so many good memories that it's hard to decipher what what's worth sending out there and what's worth waiting for the book <laughs> but uh, um yeah man some of the highlights of my career like i had some real good times last year um winning the go around at the cfr was a pretty big moment for me and it was awesome that my whole crew was there and straws was hazing and Bo's horses were there and Bo was in there cheering a guy on and Cam was in there. And, um, that was a pretty big moment for us as a team. Um, it just felt incredible that, you know, you slug out on the road with all these guys and you're day in, day out and all that kind of stuff. So to see some success come out of it and let everybody kind of have a celebrate, um, that was pretty awesome. That was a pretty major part of my, career so far and you know as alludes to calgary and the two go arounds and stuff like that i just it's awesome that my friends can be in there to do that so as far as uh yeah memories on the road man there's <laughs> there's never i've never had more fun than just you know going down the trail with a beer in my hand and bullshitting with the boys man we've had so many laughs over the years and pranks pulled that um you know it's just Funny little things like telling Harley Cole to order a hot dog flavored bagel at Tim Hortons and <laughs> shit like that, you know, that just people people miss out on those little things when you're in the crew, you get the inside jokes going and yeah, there's nothing like traveling down the road with your buds, that's for sure. What's the best prank that's been pulled in, in a vehicle or a, on a trip that you've seen so far? That I oh, I don't know if I want to repeat it. <laughs> it got a little nasty at the end of it but i oh. i do have one but maybe we should have a beer face to face and talk about it <laughs> <laughs> well what's do you have a pg one that you can tell i'm uh, 
PG one. There's gotta be one that won't. Well, not even not me. even PG, just one that you can tell one that, that you can won't tell. get anybody in trouble. Yeah, that you can you can get a little offside. We can we can cuss a little bit and you know we can <laughs> yeah, do a well, bit. We just yeah. don't want to get anybody in trouble or nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what that happened to me one time. Um, we were traveling down the road. This was probably. 2000, 2011 or something like that. And my traveling partners, they switched out a bunch of phone numbers on my phone. Oh, no. So Yeah, so I'm texting away, and I had a girlfriend at the time. Oh, no. And I'm getting these messages in there, and I'm like, okay, something's sounding a little bit off. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And it carries on for another few miles, and... And now I'm starting to get messages like, oh, you know, I might be pregnant and all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in the back seat, like, what was I? I was 21 or 22 at the time. Freaking out. So I obviously get real quiet sitting in the back, right? And you're like, oh, man, like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden I get a phone call and it's my girlfriend and she's at the mall. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing at the mall? <laughs> at a time like this, what are you doing at the mall? <laughs> and I'm looking around at all my traveling partners and they're sitting there trying to butt not bust the gut laughing and I just like, oh, you fuckers. <laughs> so caused a big fight with the old lady. Plus these guys had oh, me fooled no. thinking I was going to be a dad soon, totally unprepared. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And somebody's so, uh, doing it from the front seat. I could get to a PG story. Oh gosh, that was great. <laughs> that's a good one. Should so, do man, that. Yeah. that got yeah. you with the, with that swapped number number prank. It seems like something Straws and Tanner and those guys. Oh would no, do. this was this was before their time. That was Felker. Oh Felker, okay. Yeah, blast from the past. Oh geez, what's the best yeah. one you've got with those guys though? Because that there's just like a lot of absurdities there, like so many crazy. Crazy oh, wild yeah, times. between I don't know if they're more about setting up pranks, but they sure like the like pants people and stuff like that. It's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> oh well. Um we've got we've got a few more minutes left here. Let's uh let's go back to Calgary. Go back to the CFR. One thing I wanna commend you on is how much emotion you show in the arena. I think part of our sport I think some people kind of frown upon the like the showing the emotion and it's kind of something that doesn't happen in every sport where people show it and show how excited they are but you were it was it was kind of like you and Kyle Irwin this year were both so excited to win a round at Calgary it was your it was the first ones you had won and you were thrilled and 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 showed that and the same thing with with the CFR with the chucking all those woos and everything and then plus mm-hmm. but like Irwin he's won like five or six rounds and he does the same damn thing every time like he's just so excited to win I, I just think it's super cool man I gotta I want to commend you on it and talk about that because yeah, well, it's, it's real emotion for you yeah absolutely man that thank you number one you know that's a lot that's a big thing that anybody that I've talked to has said oh man loved watching you at Calgary we're big fans. You had looked like you had so much fun and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I just tell them, you know, if you had that much fun watching, imagine how much fun I was having. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, that's quite the, that's quite the story too. You know, um, like you said, some people kind of frown upon it and 
you know, I don't know if it comes off as cocky or whatever, but at that point, man, that was a, that was a dream from when a guy started, you know, and to put some of the emotion behind it, um, right before we go into the grand entry, the very first day, I'm just kind of standing there and I'm looking at the grandstand and um, just kind of taking it all in, right? And Cody Cassidy comes up behind me and he says, look, man, he goes, yes, there's the CFR and there's all this stuff up here. But he said, when you get into this Calgary arena, you know, you're doing something, you know, that you've made it, you know what I mean? And, uh, just to come out and then win that round after him kind of telling me, you know, and that guy's been to every final four round the last three years and he's been there, done that Calgary. And, when you get a veteran guy telling me that, you know, this is something, cherish this, you know, and to get the victory on the first day, man, like, I, I don't know how to contain it. That's 15 years of blood, sweat and tears. And just, I love the sport of steer wrestling and to get to show off with all these, the top 20 in the world, you know, that's, uh, that, I don't know how to describe that feeling. It just, you feel like you belong now, you know, you felt like you deserved that. And Chuck and Woos is great for me, but that's for everybody else too watching. If everybody noticed that I was having that much fun, that's what this sport needs a little more. Yeah. That's, that's what's gonna, I think Kyle, I liked what Kyle said. He said, that's, what's going to get somebody else into this, into this sport. I think is it be able to create a personality that someone follows and that somebody sees that and they, and they want to do it. You know, like that's just something, you know, a lot of guys just kind of like, oh yeah, no big deal. I was four flat or three, five or, you know, three, three, whatever. Like they just, yeah, cool. They just do a straight face and walk off. And you know, there's, there's kind of a culture there when you hear guys say, well, if you act like you're excited, that means you didn't really mean to do it. You're supposed to act like you meant to do that. Like you're not surprised. That's the, you know, and I've heard that, but I, I don't believe that. I think if you see me get that excited again, it's for a goddamn reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this is a pretty cool deal. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'll never lose that because if I just love the sport of steer wrestling so much to, to take pride in what I'm doing and having success and all that stuff. That's, that's what means the most to me, man. Like the trinkets are cool. The checks are cool, but you know, it just comes down to the pure sport of steer wrestling that that's what, I love about it and that's where the, my emotion comes from is I just have a true passion for the the event. Where where'd the woos come from? Where do you where'd you come up with that? Oh, I don't know, Ric Flair. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I don't I know, like man. It. That just seems like the noise to me. Oh yeah. Uh, last thing, Wacey, I'll let you ask the question. The question we ask everybody, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Cowboy shit to me would mean just, you know, living your life with respect to others and trying your hardest at everything you do. That to me is cowboy shit because that applies to everything in life, whether it's in the arena, whether it's in the pasture, whether it's in your house. And that's that to me is cowboy shit is just respect and try your hardest. I like it. I like it, man. Thanks for doing this. 
Do you uh, do you want to chuck one woo before we uh, <laughs> collective woo before we finish the show? Here, I'll go just on speakerphone here. Quick. Yeah, just let it rip. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> just to relive Calgary for everyone that might have saw it on TV or saw a highlight but never actually heard it. That is what was going on during those victory laps. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. This has been awesome, man. You bet, you guys. This is it. great. I uh, I really dig what you guys are doing. This is pretty cool, and uh, I hope you guys keep it going. Oh yeah, we will. We gotta. You're gonna be close to episode number fifty, so we're gonna gotta get her there and keep rolling. We'll keep going. All right, and fiftieth anniversary. All right, exactly. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Craig. This was a lot of fun, man. We'll catch up again here you, soon. You bet. Cheers, guys. All right. And that is the only song in my computer that if I type in the word beaver, that it comes up. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> it's fun. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band on the dark side. It's groovy, isn't it? Huge. That's actually the one that kind of sounds like, um, uh, what's that one? It's, I don't know. Sounds it's like a from song. What I Like About You. Yeah, that's what I like. Something. But it's from, isn't that from uh, a different, where's that from? It's from like the, oh shit. It's from a show, isn't it? I don't know, whatever. But groovy track. Mm-hmm. And it's one that Jason told me that he wanted me to play for like probably five or six years, and I finally did it this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Got JD going. <laughs> On the dark side. So, <laughs> Davidson from uh, episode number, like, what is he, 37? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yeah, 36, 37. Somewhere in there. So, yeah. that one's for you, Fatty. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hope you like it. And uh, yeah, so thanks again, Craig Weisgerber. Great interview. Yeah. I, like, I awesome. love his energy. Oh, yeah. How about the woos? You want to check a woo just for fun? No. Another one? No. Off the woos. Okay. No Monday woos. No Monday woos. Okay. Monday boo. <laughs> Monday boos. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll let it slide. What else did I have wrote down for this show? I, I didn't feel, look, I didn't I look at that thing. I've been in meetings. <laughs> been in meetings. Big Monday for waste. It's actually been a big Monday. Yeah, Almost you've been today. actually doing a couple things. That's what's done today. Proud happy, of you. Happy with my Monday. I got, uh, ball, I got ball plops tonight. Oh, it's playoffs already. Ball plops. No shit. Yeah, if we win our first game, we play in the ship after. So just one playoff wonder? No, we won the quarterfinal last week, so now it's the semis in the final. We play, we play Mike Stone's team. It's big. Wait, like the hockey the flame. player? Yeah, the guy, former Flame. Dylan really? Dubé plays on his team too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's neat. Well, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went through my notes and I don't have anything left. <laughs> So we're just you're just gonna hear a lot of messing around um, for the next little bit. I had something that I want. I was gonna say you did. Yeah. What was it? Oh, okay. I have a, I, we might. I don't know if we've talked about this before already. As as a bull rider, oh. is it more prestigious to make the NFR or the PBR World Finals? Ooh, Ooh. that's a good question. I mean, it, but it depends what a person's goals are too. Like if they, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I, like, just your opinion. What's your well? What do you? What I think, do you think it's. I think it's probably technically harder to make the NFR because it's only fifteen, mm-hmm. and you got to go. It's like at least might, like ninety rodeos, probably. Hey. Yeah, or or if you're Jake Vold, it's like thirty in the bronc in the bareback riding. <laughs> if you He's just go win nature. everywhere, <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, it's probably tougher on a guy's body to try and make the NFR, but you probably don't have to be as many high scores. You can win a lot of money with mediocre mediocre bull rides. rides. We well, we and even, no offense to anybody that rides. No, you got to you got to ride them. You got to ride, ride a lot of good bulls, but you can make the NFR with 
but kind of you can and not be by. over not be over eighty eight points, right? You can it can it can happen, mm-hmm. and then you can go out of the NFR and get on a ten ninety pointers and not stay on a bowl. Yeah, not for sure. So, well, we even see that happen in up here in rodeo. Like you see yeah, the guys who are, they try consistent sneak into the CFR, but they're not they're not smashing out the big scores. the big those big high point bowls, right? Which, and it, like it, everybody has their own route. And if that what does yeah. get you, it gets you there. And even with the PBR, they weed out the guys that don't ride the short rounders. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that don't make as much money. They're making the finals in the lower spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Dalen Swearingen comes in and he rides the freaking best bulls around and is not, he's 10th in the world now mm-hmm. as of the, today's recording. Yeah. But yeah, I think probably, I think probably more it's, it's, it's tough. I, when I did my rankings of the bull riders, which I'm going to release soon, actually. I'm going to release that oh, you list. did it. How do I? I didn't do it yet. I'm just, oh. I'm going to. But I built the list. Yeah. And I put 100 points on being a world champion. For And this is for Canadians only. So I put 100 points, and you can probably figure out the rankings yeah. a little bit. But 100 points for winning the NFR, or winning the world. 50 for winning the NFR average. And then I went down to, uh, I think it was 20 to make the NFR. If you qualified for the NFR, it was 20 points. 10 to make the PBR world final. Oh, really? That's kind of how I ranked it. Mm-hmm. And I mean... It's tough with the PBR, though, because you could go in at a certain spot, and maybe, I think I might have changed it to where if you finish in the top 15 in the PBR, you got an extra 10 points. Okay. So, yeah, so it's a little bit tricky like that Mm -hmm. to rank it, but when there's 35, it does go down a little bit further. It definitely does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I would have to say the NFR is probably the more prestigious Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. However, the best competition is in the PBR. So you can make That's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> I like that. So you can make it might be tougher to make the NFR, but you're competing against honestly, you're not competing against the Brazilian guys, so you're not competing against the best in the world. You're no. competing against the best in the PRC. But even your best Americans, minus Sage, I guess, are in the PBR. Yeah, and you could say uh Stetson Wright. Stetson Wright, has yeah, been could kicking compete. ass this year. Yeah. Um but you look like has ridden in the PBR before. You can use Joe Frost as an example. Yeah, and he's done well in the PBR too. Yeah. But he's not he's not your top tier guy that he was in the way he was even, in, the, in the PRCA. Even Kimsey has been to the PBR levels and, and it been to the PBR events and won won there. That's not his goal though. It's not what he wants to no. do. He wants to beat Donnie Gay's record. So I respect that and Heck he's yeah. gonna stay there and do that. So And he's making probably just as much money as he would at the PBR. Probably making more. Yeah. Really, because it's you know, honestly like and no, like you know, I don't, I don't think Sage and I have had this com- this conversation before, but I think it's it's probably easier for him in the in the rodeo side of things because uh-huh. he 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 rides the best bulls at that level, so he's absolutely cleaning up at oh, that level. Yeah, yeah. But he would he would probably he would probably would would win more in the PBR if he committed to it and went and tried to win a world there because he mm-hmm. would win a million dollars every single year, mm-hmm. and not just with the you know winning the four hundred eighty three thousand at the American and having you know winning Calgary and and making the million dollars that way. So he could he could win a million dollars every single year with the PBR. And on top of whatever else he wins, and plus the larger TV audience, the endorsements, like he's leaving a lot of money on the table to stay in the PRCA, in my opinion. And I could be wrong too, but Mm. that's what he wants to do. So right on, Mm -hmm. you know, he's he he'll he'll always go down with an asterisk. Whereas, what would he have done if he went and rode against the best Mm -hmm. in the PBR? I think there'll come a day when he decides he wants to go after it. He might, yeah. Might be in five years, but then it'll be twenty nine. It'll be kind of like J.W. Harris. He yeah. had one major great season in the PBR, and then and that's it. He's went back to the mm-hmm. PRCA, but he wrote a story for the Cowboy Journal, who Shane Hanshi we had on the podcast yeah. at one point. We talked about it, yeah. And and J.W. went back to the PRCA because that's what he loves. Likes it, yeah. And he hasn't been back to NFR since. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it's just what a person's values are. Honestly, yeah. what they want to do. 
and and Sage's dad Ted was a PRCA entertainer for yeah. Oh, yeah. numerous years. So well, and like the the the, the, the main point of it all is you say he wants to break Donnie Gay's record. So yeah, he wants do you to want to do it? it? That's your goal. Go do it. Yeah. So Sweet. one thing one thing like, talking about the PBR that I'm really impressed with is that Jess Locke was running seventy percent of his bulls at oh, that level. God. That's insane. Yeah, it is unreal. But like you, we saw it here at the ranch. Oh man, and yeah. At Calgary, like he was just head and shoulders like even at the stampede mm-hmm. he had one slip up there at the end but like, yeah yeah honestly it's even that like it's crazy when like a guy he can smash he was smashing out like like really good bull rides he wasn't under he wasn't under 85 points once in his pool and he was like when am i gonna get on a bull at box like man like there's yeah. guys who don't even ride those bulls no <laughs> and, and they were like easy yeah. yeah he was frustrated they wouldn't buck yeah it's crazy it. it's, wild. it's like i wonder what it's like to be that good at something <laughs> well and, then, and even like that blow me away ride at ranchman's oh, when he man. won yeah that was in the short go the second or was that the long go that was long go long go set yeah the last day long go yeah and he was 89 on that bull and like just spurred him like that was a 91 or two all day like could have been a 91 or two all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i mean just dominated that bull and he's strong and big and like a lot of guys get way behind and just right. get throttled by that no, bull. No, yeah, exactly. But he freaking made him look easy, so. Man, he pulled his leg as soon as that bull turned. Yeah, it was Like, it's not even awesome. fair. So. I like seeing stuff like that. It's cool. Sage might have won Calgary won it for the third time now and congratulations on that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, he's in the history books there. That's, you know, six bulls, so it's not a full year. Mm-hmm. Well, you, and you like, there's an asterisk beside. Well, not really an asterisk, but just like there how will it, be. But even just like if you how he turned down, him. he turned down that re-rides. Like he and there were still three oh, of the yeah. best bull riders in the world to come after him. Like that's yeah. a big roll of dice. That was a ballsy play. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I'm nothing against Sage at all. I just, I just gotta say, I'm if it, if it ever, you know, it'll always be that way. He, he, you, he can't be the greatest ever right now with the way the PBR is. It just he can't. He, he can say that, or maybe you know they can claim it. They can claim it, but I, I don't believe it when the 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 at uh, there's these this many other bull riders that he doesn't compete against yeah well just like the, the tests like that like jess riding 70 percent of the best bulls yeah in the world week in and week out mm-hmm. like that's 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 insane like, that's gonna it be like, one of the highest riding percentages in a long time oh probably like, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit i'm i like that stat riding percentage like that's huge just to convert on that many yeah exactly attempts. yeah yeah because that's like because like well even gary the few he preaches like you ride 50 percent you're gonna win the world and like yeah. you're riding 20 percent above that like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's been a pretty sweet episode so far, Wade. Mm-hmm. So I guess we better call her good. We got uh, one more tune for you to wrap her up. But this has been episode 46. Thanks to our friend Corblon for this uh, walkout track. We'll see you next time. It's my little foothills heaven on that northern rocky range. My favorite place to be in, mister, that ain't gonna change. And I'll pray to old Chief Mountain I'll be back again someday Just in time for you to hear me say It's my little foothills heaven on that northern rocky range And I hope that I'll get back again someday Well I can see down to Montana on a clear and sunny day And I may just ride down there with my honey for the day If there's trouble at the border I'll say hey oh that's okay Cause I'd just as soon be back home anyway To my little foothills heaven on that northern rocky range And I hope that I'll get back again someday